Welcome back to Accredited. Justin, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Went up to Nashville uh, to strategize about some investments. So stay tuned for that. Um, but just based on your feedback, we are not going live anymore with one really long uh, podcast vomit. We're going to be doing much more shorter bite-sized targeted videos here, uh, whether they be five minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, and we'll get them to the podcast stream right after that. So uh, welcome to that. Let me know your feedback and comments below. This is all we do. We do it for you. Um, but something that I was thinking about on the 14-hour drive up to Nashville was uh, the optimal way to set up financial freedom quickly, reliably, and efficiently. There's a lot of different ways, and at the core, you need to invest in high IRR projects or high IRR investments. Um, and the traditional wisdom that is set up in our government and in our regulations that everybody pushes to you is the 401k path, right? You work for an employer for a salary and then you put pre-tax money into the 401k and then there's a whole industry, a gigantic multi-billion, if not you know, more than that, industry of mutual funds of selling you mutual funds, right? So uh, if you have Fidelity 401k, they're going to just jam the Fidelity ones down your throat and the choices are whatever, but at least the fees aren't crazy anymore. And then once you do that, you would compound your capital at whatever the stock market is doing. And you really don't have a say in that unless you have a self-directed 401k. Again, this could be pre-tax or you can do Roth where you or backdoor Roth, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much it's the deferral of taxes. You don't pay taxes on that money up front for the first 30 years, and then you pay taxes like an income tax on the back end. And again, the Roth way, you can kind of do it before or after, uh, depending on what you choose. But essentially, the powerful piece of that is you get to control more wealth faster, right? Because wealth compounds on itself. Um, 100 grand doesn't really compound the way that like 2 million does. So it's the deferral of taxes. And so what I was kind of thinking about and talking with my buddies about is that that's kind of a societally uh, placed cheat code for the stock market, the passive stock market investor. But, uh, and again, this is not new news. The real estate folks have kind of known about their own versions of that cheat code. And actually what I was thinking about is that it might be just a lot more powerful than what we have in the, in this, in the stock market. So, when you buy a property, it's a hard asset and you can depreciate the value of that hard asset by its useful life. So you can deduct the price against your taxable income, usually dividing the price by 27 and a half years for residential or 39 years for commercial. So just to bring that down for those of you that haven't seen this yet is if I bought a million dollar property, I can divide a million by call it 30 and deduct that on my taxes as an expense. It's kind of like a, your car depreciates or a property depreciates. And so that's kind of called your, the number of years is called your useful life. Um, and you can usually write off about two to three and a half percent of the total purchase price per year. So if you bought a million dollar property, you can usually write off whatever that 20, 20,000, 36,000 per year. So if you kind of buy something that has a 10% cash on cash yield per year, then a third of that can be tax-free because, you know, like 3% of that is deducted by depreciation. 10% is the full pre-tax kind of uh, yield, if you will. Um, but the extra cheat code that the real estate industry kind of knows about is 
is this thing called accelerated depreciation. So some, some things can actually be depreciated over five, 10 or 15 years, not 30 or 40. So if, you know, certain things like doors and locks and, and certain parts of that. So you can accelerate the depreciation faster than just a million divided by 30 or a million divided by 40. And then on top of that, there's something called bonus depreciation where you can deduct like a huge percentage of that cost in the first year that you have a useful life of 20 years or lower. So if it's like a door with a useful life of 15, 20%, there's an ongoing tax break that allows you to deduct like 20 or 30% of that in the first year upfront. So if you buy a million dollar asset and assuming there's no land value, so it's like a million dollars in depreciable asset then this could be like a $300,000 tax deduction in the first year that you can eat away at over time. So you can kind of see how this completely offsets your taxes for the full like first three, five, six years, because you're taking so much deductible expense upfront that, that you can kind of save for future years or tax loss carry forward. Now, again, the, the downside is that when you sell the property, you now owe a capital gains tax on the sale minus the price you paid, minus the depreciation you took. So you eventually get that uh, depreciation taxed eventually once you sell. And this is something that we call depreciation recapture. So, you know, I think people stop their, their exploration there and just basically say, yeah, it's a tax break where you don't need to pay taxes, you know, upfront, but you eventually have to pay taxes just like the 401k. You're delaying the taxes, but eventually you have to pay the taxes pay the tax man. But when you think about it, you never really need to sell that property. And then there's a whole nother real estate kind of cheat code or tax break called 1031 exchanges. And 1031 exchange allows you to swap a piece of real estate for another similar one and defer all the taxes owed. So all that deferred taxes on property one that you weren't paying because of this depreciation stuff will just carry over to the next one. And that way you can kind of reinvest and roll over and control a much more valuable property without triggering a, uh, a big payment to the tax man. And again, this is kind of a well-understood tax loophole in the real estate world. And it's actually pretty liberal where you can exchange like a resi rental for a commercial rental. So uh, it's actually more flexible than you think, but there are some restrictions that you have to abide by, meaning like you have to roll it over very quickly. Once you sell, you have to find something pretty quickly thereafter to reinvest in. And I wanted it on this video to walk you through all the math, but I think I'd lose 99% of you here on video and audio format. But I'm showing on my screen this spreadsheet of a scenario that I kind of put forth and put on paper. I'm going to be making this spreadsheet available for Sense Pro subscribers at senseinvest.com. And if you're a new subscriber, we give a whole month free. So definitely sign up if you want this spreadsheet. It's nothing special, something I did in like an hour. But the scenario is that let's say you buy a million dollar property at an 8% cap rate in this interest rate environment, let's just say 8% cap rate, and you put down 400K and borrow 600K at a 6% interest rate. If you calculate it with bonus depreciation, you get to take $160,000 or something around there of depreciation in year one. So that's a ton of tax losses that will offset 100% of your income and then the normal depreciation schedule thereafter. So according to this math, basically you're making some 11% levered after tax yield on your 400K. You're making like 40 to 50K per year and you're paying zero taxes on that income 
in the first like five years. And then in this scenario, and again, this is more finger in the wind than being super specific. In year five, you sell that first property with a little bit of appreciation, and then you roll over using the 1031 exchange, take all that cash that you made without paying the tax man to a new property. And this new property, I just assumed had the same LTV or loan to value interest rate and cap rate. But the difference and why you would wanna do this is because now you've 1031 exchanged your 1.1, $1.2 million property in year five to something much more valuable, say a two, $2.1 million property in year five. And around there, according to this scenario, it does seem like that depreciation extra benefit has sort of run out and you are paying taxes on your income at this point near six or seven. But now with that 400,000 purchase up front, you control a two plus million dollar property, a much bigger property with much higher cash flows based on that bigger number. Essentially compounding your capital using pre-tax dollars. Very, very similar to the whole concept of the 401k. And this new property, assuming the same assumptions as property one, would spit off, call it $80,000 after tax cash flow per year. And if you really wanted to boil this down to kind of an IRR or annualized compounded return of like 14%, you would have to assume that you sell the property and have to pay all the tax recapture in year 10. But realistically, you never have to sell that property or you can just keep 1031ing that property forever until you're dead because it doesn't really matter after you're dead. So I would even think about this as you just spent $400,000 buying real estate and you used your pre-tax money to compound your capital by bigger and bigger properties. And now in years six, seven, eight, you're left with a passive income stream of like 80,000 a year from that initial investment forever. And again, that's after taxes and you never, ever, ever have to pay those accumulated taxes ever until you're dead. And this is a little different from the 401k where you need to keep pulling out the money and getting taxed to live from the 401k. And another kicker is that you can refi the property as it gets more and more valuable and pull money out, again, tax-free because it's borrowing money. So now you have the cash flows from the bigger and bigger and bigger properties to live on. And you can also pull out cash over time by refinancing your debt. And using this tax strategy, you just compounded your capital pre-tax and taking advantage of a tax code that allows you to defer that tax but in this scenario, you never have to pay that tax back. Obviously, this is a really advanced strategy that requires a lot of work, a lot of cost segregation studies and services to be done on your real estate. In addition to the normal accounting stuff, none of this is advice. It's just something that's been on my mind. Another thing to consider is once you're on this path, you're kind of pot committed to always staying into real estate forever until you're dead. Otherwise, you're triggering that tax recapture. But I think that this speaks to folks that aren't really focused on IRR or how much money they're necessarily worth, but are instead focused on investing their money to build a portfolio that spits off cash for them, that allows them to live completely free, completely worry-free passively. But practically to do this as an individual, you need to be pretty savvy with real estate and real estate accounting. But as an accredited community and Sense Invest will be looking into real estate types of private deals and private investments. It's something that I have in the back of my mind to leverage when we do find private, probably commercial real estate deals to take advantage of as the Sense Pro community can take advantage together in one big LLC where we build the infrastructure and the know-how to take advantage of these tax strategies in those deals 
And by pooling our capital and resources and brains, we can take out deals that are big enough that this makes a lot of sense. I know we have a lot of real estate investors here in this community as well. If you're accredited, chances are you probably own real estate, even if it's just your primary. Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, don't forget to like the video and let us know your feedback. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter if you already haven't at senseinvest.com or the link in the description where every Friday we send out a awesome summary of just the best things on the internet for an interested investor. I don't know, Grace, was that a little too complicated for video audio? Was that hard to follow? Mm, 